Hello, welcome to the Monday, August 15th, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Stockheim, Germany. Google released a statement regarding the quad router vulnerability that was announced by Checkpoint about two weeks ago. It's really a set of four distinct privilege escalation vulnerabilities for Android phones that use Qualcomm chipsets. According to Google, the exploitability for this particular vulnerability is somewhat lessened because the victim has to install an application. So it's not like the stage fright vulnerability where just, for example, downloading an image in an MSS message or so would trigger the vulnerability. In addition, whenever you do download an application, it goes through the verify apps feature uh, if you're running Android 4.2 and later. And in this case, the verify apps would detect the exploit and would block the application, not giving the user the option to bypass the warning. Verify apps has sort of two levels of detection. At the lower level, it just suggests that the application may harm the system or may harm the phone, and it will still allow the user to overwrite the warning. But in this case, the more strict warning would be triggered, which cannot be bypassed. And this is a default setting. So the user would have to specifically disable Verify apps. In addition, Google notes that three out of the four vulnerabilities are already addressed in the most recent version of Android. The remaining fourth vulnerability should be addressed in an update that will be released shortly. So in short, Google, probably rightfully so, does object somewhat to the hype that Checkpoint tried to stir up over these vulnerabilities, and in particular, the number of 900 million vulnerable devices is probably much less once you take Verify app into account and phones that are configured to only download apps from the official Play Store. If you ever have worked with IP address geolocation, you probably realize that it's a fairly inexact science. Quite often, if you download these geolocation databases, they're usually pretty good on a country level basis, but beyond that, they often deliver some odd or weird results. For example, if you use the MaxMind database, which is probably the most popular here, it's the one we also use on our Internet Storm Center website for some of our geolocation. If the database doesn't really know where an IP address is located in the US, it always locates it at a very particular coordinate in the middle of the country, which happens to link to us to match up a small farmhouse. Well, the tenants and the owner of that farmhouse are now suing MaxMind because they keep receiving irate phone calls, even visits from federal agents who blindly trust this geolocation data and believe that a particular IP address is located at this farmhouse. Not sure how much this is really a problem with MaxMind or rather the individuals who blindly trust this data without doing any additional verification. This isn't exactly a new problem. The first time I've heard about issues like this was when it became more popular to be able to track stolen phones. Sometimes 
times the geolocation done on the phone is not very precise and depending on the provider being used tends to gravitate on certain specific addresses who are then of course continuously visited by irate users who believe that their stolen phone is located at this particular address. And then we got a little bit more background on some of the secure boot patches that we have seen in July and August in Microsoft's Patch Tuesdays. Well, it turns out that uh, with a Windows 10 anniversary update preview, Microsoft did by mistake release some supplemental uh, boot policies that uh, can be used to bypass secure boot. Now, given that these policies are out now and uh, Microsoft can't really sort of pull them back from the internet, in July they tried a blacklist approach, but the blacklist is only checked after any additional uh, possibly malicious components were loaded, which then of course could replace the policy check and bypass it again in August, it looks like they did a little bit of different uh, blacklist approach, but not really clear if this will actually work and be sufficient. It does just appear to blacklist some very specific bootloaders that were apparently used. Now, the security impact here is that even on devices where you typically cannot turn off secure boot, like for example, some Microsoft uh, tablets, you may now disable it and and then you're back to the situation where an attacker who has physical access to the system could load it from arbitrary firmware. So in short, not much you can do about it, but be aware that secure boot may not perfectly protect your device if you lose physical control over the device. Well, that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.